What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Pass for the Outcast. It's your favorite sophomores, Johnny and Alan, here in the Paul Miller Building at Oklahoma State University. Tritton is doing God knows what right now, which can never be a good thing. <laughs> but no matter. Let's get right to it. We're going to do, first of all, a college football recap. And wow. Uh, wow. Is this right. was a, a, a eventful a, yeah, a crazy week. weekend. I did. I did. Honestly, did nothing. Like, did you go to the Walker thing? No, I did not. Neither did I. I was watching college football most yeah, of the time. Yeah, I was time. too busy. And wow, that was just. But that was also on Friday night. That was a crazy thing. Uh, let's start off with the the big game last week. OU Ohio State. Uh, first of all, what's your thoughts on the game? Uh, my thoughts on the game is uh, wow. Is OU real? Is OU's offense and OU's defense real? Is it not just OU looks bad in the Big 12 because the Big 12's offense is so good? I, I, I'm not sure if that's it. But, man, Ohio State got outplayed in every aspect. Offense, defense, everything. Yeah, like, okay. I was going leaning towards Ohio State the entire time, except right. two days before. Two days before, I'm just like, you know what? Ohio State didn't look that good against Indiana, and Ohio and OU looked great against um, UTEP. So I'm just like, uh, if Ohio State plays like they do against Indiana, they're going to lose to OU. Right. And it doesn't matter if there's going to be a shoe or not. Now, the degree of how bad OU beat Ohio State... That was surprising. Yeah, very I'm going to run it down right here. Baker Mayfield, 27 for 35, 386 yards passing, three touchdowns. That's against the presumptive number one defense in the country right there. Big yeah, 10 exactly, away. Exactly. Like, I feel like who, this. Who said that Ohio State had the best defense? Somebody. I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody said that Ohio State had a better defense than Alabama. And, well, you're wrong. Yeah, like, uh, that, but that was like. Or, or OU. So offense is just well, uh, and, and I, I don't think that like the, OU has a great offense, and they because they have a great quarterback and a great offensive line, and and their receivers and quarter you know everybody else around it the the running backs and receivers and tight ends like they've stepped up, but I still don't think they're they're not the best like those guys, but they definitely have the best offensive line and quarterback in the country. Well, that's basically all you will need at this point. Now the thing that I feel like that OU had and the defense didn't have is way more experienced because we always talked about oh Ohio State's team last year didn't have that much experience you know that's why they got beat up in the playoff but even then you go next year right here I mean yeah they got a year in experience in from the playoff and everything like that but OU's offense is still even more experienced no I, I don't got, I do not agree with you right there they have Baker Mayfield in an experienced offensive line but they had a freshman running back come out with 17 carries 62 yards and uh a freshman receiver, C.D. Lamb, that was the go-to guy uh, after uh, Andrews got hurt. He had five uh, receptions, 61 yards. God. And, and two great catches in traffic. Right. Like, I, I feel like Ohio State came out to be the the more seniors, the, the uh -huh. more experienced team. Mm -hmm. And and OU just outplayed them those, well i mean those young guys came out and outplayed them yeah the running backs played from ou played outplayed uh the running backs from ohio state the receivers outplayed them uh baker outplayed jt barrett by oh a yeah lot. jt barrett was only what 19 for 35 183 yards this is another thing that that's interesting about this game i feel like now the norm of big 12 defenses being garbage isn't necessarily over because it's not a full conference thing. Right. But like you look at the very top, and it's like right now I can see right here. OU obviously what they did against Ohio State was crazy, and then you got TCU whose offense is fourth nationally, and then you got uh, OSU whose obviously their defense isn't really designed to be like oh manhandling right. everything just, like that. They, but they, they just force turnovers. They force turnovers. So I, I mean, this is great for the Big Twelve in terms of oh, like yeah. okay. Definitely. Y'all were an offense league, but now, you know, is the norm is broken how this is now a, a – like, you can actually have a defense now. Yeah, especially how Ohio State was supposed to have one of the best offenses and one of the best defenses. And the only thing that Ohio State really could do all game was run the option with JT Barrett. I know. That's the only way they really gained any yards. They had a few good runs here and there, but, like, that was the only way they really did anything offensively. Yeah, that, that was – like – like I, I, I don't want to say that the game was as one sided 
as a scoreboard says. But it, it kind of did look like yeah, it, because, at, like towards the fourth quarter. No, you go into the first quarter. If OU doesn't fumble two times in Ohio State territory and miss that field goal, mm-hmm. you you can say right there that's right. almost guaranteed yeah, that's nine. Point. That's almost guaranteed nine points. And with OU's offense, that's almost guaranteed what seventeen points. That's a good point. And so you put those seventeen points. Like it, it is bad. Yeah, I mean, like oh, OU actually screwed up a few times. Yes, like, they had like uh, what two turnover on downs? I think it was. Yeah, they they had five drives inside Ohio State's territory with three points at halftime. I know, like they had so many chances, and yet o- Ohio State didn't have anything to capitalize on. Nothing. So, like, if you add on those points that OU was, you know, supposed to have, you know, routine plays and everything like that. That we're, we're looking at a completely different game. It's yeah. like 40, 40 to 16 type yeah, and, of thing. Yeah, and that's that's coming in in the first half, the first quarter, that is, you know, establishing dominance. That is taking away momentum from Ohio State. Does Ohio State even score if that happens? Now, you can't really get into that because it, it, that's not what happened. But that's just like hypothetical. Like, this game should have been a lot worse than it actually I was. Yeah, I feel, Because I, OU shot themselves in the foot. I feel like OU uh, is better than we thought. And then some, and as then in some. like, okay, it, it, it's kind of scary. They already beat the presumptuous number two team in the nation, the presumptuous best defense in the nation, and that wasn't even their best game. So it, it's, yeah, it, it's it, honestly it, yeah, scary. It's, it's weak too. That that's they're not. OU has always been a start slow, and they finish amazing. Right. And team. not to not to take out of the subject because we're going to talk about more games later. But like in terms of like the Big Twelve. This is going to be this is going to be a very very interesting year for both OU, OSU, and even Kansas State because like let's because like everyone know here in OSU we're comparing this season oh it's going to be like 2011 like that well throughout that entire season 2011 we were considered the best team in Oklahoma because whenever that bedlam happened OU was 10 and we were three so like we were always riding the ship as in we are the best team in Oklahoma. Now we're the underdogs because right now OU seems like to be could be the number one team in the country right, right now. Right. So it's going to be extremely interesting come yeah. Bedlam time. Bedlam and Stillwater. It's it's going to be right. it's going to be one for the ages. I don't. God. Bar bar an injury. Bar an injury. It, this is going to be one yeah. for the ages. And even then, back in 2011, that OU team was a 10 win team. It ended up a 10 win team, and yet they still got manhandled by that OSU team. Right. And that OSU team right now in 2011 kind of, I guess you could say this one right now kind of mimics the OSU oh, team yeah, from definitely. 2011. Oh, yeah. I, I I can see so many similarities. So, I mean, it's going to be a huge battle, honestly. Yeah, it's it's going to be a great game. Okay, let's go into the, the Clemson versus Auburn. Now, these were two dominant defenses. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, Clemson had 11 sacks, and that, that, that is mind-blowing. 11 sacks. Uh, Stidham came out, you know, the transfer from Baylor, a transfer from Baylor to Auburn. He came out with a two, a 9.2 QBR. Oh my gosh. I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah. Clemson's defense is outstanding. And, and Auburn's is too. Like, don't take any credit from Auburn, even though Clemson, they, they still don't have, they don't have the experience offensively. But still, like it's Clemson, you know they're going to come right. out, with guys. I mean, even like they lost so many people, like from their offense, like uh, Watson and everything like yeah. that, and yet they still have this stellar defense. So yeah. now, like I remember, like two weeks back, let's go back in time. Two weeks back, we weren't talking about Clemson being the like one of the favorites to win the national championship at this point. We weren't talking about that, right? And now we we suddenly we, are we, because yeah, like you just look at that defense, like they have not lost a step. If anything, they've improved. Well, defensively, yes. I no, they, yeah, they, like, they, they that's have, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, the defensive side of the ball. Oh yeah, I think they they have improved a lot, and that, we're going to see this upcoming week against Louisville, right? And, that's, and we'll get into that. That's later. like really, really like I feel like Dabble Sweeney's doing a tremendous job. Now the offense is kind of worrisome because like defenses. Who like keep you in games, but they yeah, won't really win them de- for you. Defenses win championships. Offense win games. Right. Kelly Bryant was nineteen of twenty nine, one hundred eighty one yards, uh, and he he even led the team in rushing. It was uh, uh I got them right here. Fifty nine yards for nineteen carries. Yeah. He, so this guy is basically 
he's carrying the offense yeah. on his back. Unlike, unlike Deshaun Watson, like this guy is a lot more of a runner. He's a lot faster. Yeah, but he can't throw as well, and he has, you know, he has no experience, which is dangerous. Which is dangerous. Com- like if you you do that against like Bama, or you do that because that's what beats Bama. Yeah. When Bama gets beat, that's what beats them. Right. Quarterback, well, it, it's quarterback's legs. Yeah, quarterback's legs and flawless throwing. Great, uh, great pass protection. Yeah. and uh, great passes thrown. That's how that, you beat Bama. It's, that's where I think OU and OSU both have a chance to beat Bama. Right. I the, think they're the only two teams in the country that has a chance to beat Bama. Right. They're, okay. They're the most balanced teams that could able to that are able to beat maybe, Bama. Maybe because, you, maybe USC, but Sam Darnold does throw a lot of interceptions. Right. Because like, let's just put a hypothetical here for both OU and OSU here. OU faces Alabama. What do you got? You got a great defense that could uh, stop Jalen Hurts because they already stopped Ohio State's offense. Mm-hmm. And then you got a defense who is now proven to – oh, wait, no. You got an all offense that you have ba- Baker Mayfield, which is right now, I guess, the, the leading contender in the Heisman. And you got all these uh, – because the thing – I really don't like OU. But the thing that I really need to give them props to is the freshmen that they get always step up every single yeah, every year. year. When it, in the yeah. beginning of the year, I was like, oh, they can't do anything. They don't have Joe Mixon. Exactly. D.D. Westbrook is gone. But and, and every I said, year – Every year I said that every year OU has players that step up. Right. And that's what happens every year. Yeah. Year in, year out, they and have players that step up. They're true freshmen. It's and crazy. We got to also remember – the, there was a coaching change. That's one of the big things where I'm just like, oh, you is not going to be that good this year because, you know, they're going to transition. It's not even like it. It's been not. It's been almost a flawless transition. It's been a flaw. Not even. It's been a increasing transition. I feel uh, like they've been kind of better. I'm I'm not going to say that because it, it, it was Bob Stoops. It was Bob Stoops. You, you can't yeah. say that. Like, I'm not going to say that Lincoln Riley is a better coach than Bob Stoops, but my God. There, there's more fire it looks yeah, like this year i feel like more fire more passion right and i and that definitely helps for i mean that definitely helps OU that baker mayfield's a senior and right. that that is he's that kind of player that brings passion right. brings fire yeah what i was gonna say is that they went from old school to new school right lincoln riley to me seems like a new school coach like he's like he'll let the players do whatever you know he'll let them have attitude that's the thing right OU has attitude they know they didn't not once because like that's how they played against uh Ohio State. Not once did it seem like they were gonna lose that game. Right. Not and once. Not one time. So like I feel like with Bob Stoops, they're like, okay, you gotta play hard, aggressive football, and everything like that. You know, you gotta be fearless and everything like that. You know, but with they, Lincoln Riley, it's they like, looked out. They, they Lincoln just, Riley, it seemed more creative yeah. and everything like that. Oh yeah, with a couple of the plays, the uh, the they what they ran that uh. The halfback direct, yeah, like three times, and it worked every three, yeah. all three times, yeah. And then when uh, Kyler Murray came in, Kyler Murray handed the ball off, and then was the and pitch was man the pitch in an off, yeah. Like that, I've never seen that in my That's life. That's like, like they they they've been more creative or anything like that. They're um, resembling like new offenses right now and everything like that. And like honestly, they have that attitude. Because mm-hmm. like I wouldn't it, see, I, like it's scary. I wouldn't see like this type of attitude from an OU team from last year or the year before. Honestly, right. So that's but, honestly scary. Going back to the Clemson Auburn game because we kind of went on a ramble right there. Right. Auburn with Stidham only having nine point two QBR, they only had a hundred and seventeen total yards. That is scary. Or that okay. And Clem- Auburn, Auburn's they're not an offensive team. No, by no means. But you, the what, what they were ranked thirteenth. Yes. They went to a BCS bowl last year. Yes, and Clemson's defense held them to one hundred and seventeen total yards. That is impressive. That is impressive. Well, I also think that Auburn right now isn't really in the best position right now because, like, even like even if they get their act together somehow in offense. I think Jared Stidham right now is like an okay quarterback. You know, yeah, he wasn't he, the he, best at Baylor. Well, no, I mean he was good at Baylor, but. That was an offensive like you. You didn't have to be the best quarterback to yeah. be a good quarterback. Yeah, at what Baylor. I'm tr- what I'm trying to say is that Auburn has an offense where it's always like come and go type of guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't like see all oh, Auburn's like pure offense and everything like that. You don't really see that. I haven't seen that in Auburn since Cam Newton. Really. Well, when was the last time that Auburn had a quarterback there for more than two years? That's true. That is very true. They have no stability. Yeah, they have no. Okay, they have no. I don't want to say I don't want to say that they don't have no plan. They have no image. Image. That's right. They have no, no image. They have no image. Even with Cam Newton, they had Cam Newton image, but 
that was only for one year. Right. They have they've had no four year image. Right. There's like no real identity in terms of the offense right here. Yeah, like, it's, 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 it's been changing recently. Yeah, it's SEC. It's yeah. like the, it's defense. The SEC is very much overrated this year. Oh. Oh, we will get to that in another time. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the USC versus Stanford game. I I kinda expected this to happen because Did, didn't you pick Stanford? Uh I don't think I did. I pick I picked Stanford to um I picked Stanford to make this a closer game. Right. But really it wasn't I thought that USC would be kind of gassed from uh the game before when obviously it wasn't the case. Yeah, it see I think if USC would have played them like week four, yeah, it would be it like would be, that. They like, would be gassed. And they played Notre Dame week four, correct? Uh it, it, it's I, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Um I know that uh Start it, the game started out back and forth, offense, 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 and that was different for USC and Stanford. I, I was really surprised by that. And then what really surprised me after that was uh, USC's second half adjustments. That defense came out and stopped crazy. Stanford. It crazy. was crazy. And um, and you know, minus Sam Darnold's interceptions, he played flawless. I mean, twenty one for twenty six, three sixteen yards, three hundred sixteen yards, four touchdowns, and. Well, it's Sam Darnold, so he's got to throw two picks. Yeah, I mean, like Sam Darnold to me seems like like a me, sophomore. Yeah, he's like a sophomore. Or let me let me ask you this: Who do you who do we know who's a quarterback in the NFL who's great, great, you know, a great quarterback and everything like that? You know, he's won a few titles, but he throws a lot of interceptions. And the one that comes to me comes to mind for me is Eli Manning. You know, yeah. he's a great quarterback and everything like that. But if you Get to him. He will throw picks. That's what I feel like Sam Darnold is You know is who doing. Sam Darnold reminds me of? Who? He reminds me of a cross between Andrew Luck mm-hmm. and Landry Jones. Really? And I say Andrew Luck by, you just look at him, physical, physical quarterback. Oh, can yeah. Is mobile for how big he is. Uh-huh. And he has a strong arm. Uh-huh. Now, when, when I say, when I make the Landry Jones comparison, I make it as in, he puts up yards. Uh-huh. He throws great, like, uh, what I'm uh, like a uh, percentage, yeah. you know, uh, you know, he's 21 for 26. Yeah. Landry did the same thing and threw a lot of interceptions at bad times. Mm-hmm. Landry Jones didn't always have the most interceptions. It was when he threw them. And that's what re- he reminds me of Sam Darnold. Right. Or D- Sam Darnold reminds me of him. Right. But uh, well, nonetheless, Sam Darnold right now is, I don't want to say he's front runner in the Heisman because I feel like that's Baker Mayfield, but he's pretty close. Yeah, and I think he's the front runner for the number one overall pick. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because he just looks like an NFL quarterback. He seems like a pro quarterback. Yeah, he's a prototype quarterback. Right. Uh, now, my next question, do you think USC is legit? USC? USC. Uh, I'm going to have to... Okay, people are going to hate me for this, but I feel like this Texas-USC game is going to be closer than it seems. Like, uh, you can't tell me that a team is going to go completely undefeated with no bye weeks and not get gassed. Right. I, I, I think USC... To me, is a legit team. Are they going to make it through the whole season without a single bye week? I don't. I don't think they. Will. I don't. I don't see it really happening. I, could see I don't them, know who oh, they're going to get beat by. I could see them winning. I mean, uh, winning. I could see them winning uh, almost every single one of their games except one. Whether that be, uh, I don't know. I don't know which type of upset it would be because, like, I mean, last year it was Pitt for Clemson. And no one really expected Pitt to beat Clemson. Yeah, I mean, there's always those unexpected games. Yeah, and then, like, I don't know. I just, like, I said this before. I feel like SC is going to play all these games, no bye week, and they're going to get gassed in the end. And they're yeah. gonna, they're bound to lose one game. And then if they make it, which I'm pretty sure they will, make it to the Pac-12 championship game, they'll probably go up against Washington. And, like, Washington is no joke right now. Yeah. They've, they've manhandled every single team they've played against. So... Uh, honestly, is uh, USC the real deal? As of right now, I would bet my money on USC. But, like, you and ask me the wh- same question wh- in why- November? I, uh, I Washington did that. struggle against uh, oh, uh, Rutgers. They they kind of struggled against Rutgers. Well, yeah. But I guess I feel like the first week, you know, it's college football first week. Yeah. Everyone's going to struggle. Right, everybody's. But that that's kind of – and I'm going to talk about that on their the top 20. Right. So – uh. The game for me that I kind of look at for the USC is at Washington State Week Four, right, and at Colorado, right, uh, November eleventh. Those are both trap games. I, I don't really think the Notre Dame game is a trap game. Well, uh, 
I know you do. I I do because I I love Notre Dame and I picked them uh, to be in the top 25 and they were. I I saw that great game against Georgia. Oh, it was a great game. But like they shot themselves in the foot so many times and like, I don't know. I feel like Notre Dame's like still like in that phase where they just need to like, they need to know who they are. They need a new coach. Yeah. They need something new. And I think that the coach is the problem. Well, I don't know. And I think Brian Kelly's a good coach. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that they need something new. And I think that something new is going to, is going to be the coach. I mean, that's, that's what happens when you, when a team needs something new, what is the first thing that's new? The coach. coach. Okay. Let's go on. Chip Kelly. Uh, Chip Kelly. Uh, I, I kind of wanted him to go to OU, honestly. <laughs> if it wasn't Lincoln Riley, I wanted him to go to OU. Right. Okay, let's move on to uh, our top 10 by eye test. Eye test. All right. I, well, uh, let me first put out the AP poll. Okay. Number one, Alabama. Number two, OU. Number three, Clemson. Four, USC. Five, Penn State. Six, Washington. Seven, Michigan. State. Michigan. Eight, Ohio State. Nine, Oklahoma State. And 10, Wisconsin. Now, give your, your poll. My this is my eye test. Week two, after week two eye test, I have Alabama number one, OU number two, USC number three, Clemson number four, Penn State number five, Michigan number six, Oklahoma State number seven, Washington number eight, only because they struggle to Rutgers, Wisconsin nine, and Ohio State ten. Really, you're gonna put you're gonna put Ohio State under Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, I am. Okay, here's mine, and uh, we have similarities and we have completely different things. Right. <clears throat> Number one, I know OSU. I'm sorry about this, but I'm sorry. You can't go to the shoe and completely dominate them and not be the number one team in the nation. Number one to me should be OU. Because they proved more. They demolished right. UTEP, and they just beat out one of the best teams in the country right now in very, very, very convincing fashion. Right. So I feel like number one goes to Oklahoma. Number two, Alabama. Number three, Clemson. Four, USC. Five, Penn State. Six, Michigan. I kept Washington at seven because I feel like they made up for that Rutgers t- uh, game for by playing flawlessly against Montana. Yeah. But, you know, I have OSU... Uh, not 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 the Ohio State, but Oklahoma State at eight. I have uh, Ohio State nine, and have Wisconsin ten. So I, I mean, I, I I dropped with I dropped Ohio State under Wisconsin because they got dominated at home. Right. Well, Wisconsin hasn't really faced a test much. Right. Well, I don't think Wisconsin's faced because like that's the thing. Wisconsin hasn't really faced all that much competition and everything like that. Washington but, hasn't either, but you know, like from that last yeah. game they've had, you know, it's real convincing. And with Oklahoma State, I feel like, yeah, Tulsa was a ten win team, but you know, you expected to win that game anyway. Yeah. And then West Alabama obviously was just a, a ploy. Yeah. And that that's where I when I say I test, because Ohio State struggled against Indiana and then get obliterated at home. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I I'm not like I have them in my top ten because you know it's Ohio State it's how Ohio high they stop. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure if they deserve to be in the top ten. Mm-hmm. One of the teams that I feel like is now definitively a top ten team is Michigan. Oh yeah, I feel like Michigan because like I I was kind of reluctant to put them like down as like a top ten team because of how inexperienced they were. They lost ten yeah. defensive starters, and now they're playing like they didn't haven't lost a beat or anything like that. Well, I mean. Especially the last game. Who who did they play? I forgot. Uh, uh, it was it was Pitt. No, it wasn't Pitt. Who did Michigan play? Michigan played. Anyways, they came out and shot themselves in the foot a little bit. You know, it, look, watching the game, it should have been a lot worse than it was. It was Cincinnati. And yeah, Cincinnati. Like they let Cincinnati hang in the game for too long. I think, but they they went out, they took care of business, and won the game. And that, that's that's really all that matters, right? Well, I feel like Cincinnati is also one of those teams, like in the group of five, that's like, you know, they could easily make the transition from group of five to like power five. Yeah. So like, I, I don't want to like diminish what Michigan did, but you know, Cincinnati is a pretty good team. Yeah, Cincinnati's always had they always have a solid team, right? But like, I, I feel like Michigan at this point, because like we talk about experience and with Ohio State and how they they raise and everything like that. In Michigan, we talked about they had a lack of experience, but yet. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's doing a great job coaching these he, guys yeah, up. He's, he's a great coach. Coaching guy, these guys up, and they seem like they've been here before. Yeah. They've seen like everyone, they've been here before and everything like that. So that's just my take. Okay. Uh, let's jump into the t- our top three 
week three matchups, and we're going to start off with Clemson-Louisville. Clemson-Louisville. This is going to be a great game. Well, oh, yeah, it's going to be a great game. Week four really is like one of those weeks where you're just like, okay, there, there's not the much teams going that are, on. The teams that are supposed to win are going to win, basically. Yeah. That's basically week yeah, four. And, and there's really not that many good games on this week. Well, well I mean, like with the exception of Clemson-Louisville, which yeah. is going to be really playoff implications yeah. are going to be there. Right now, Clemson is a 2.5 favorite. Uh, to me, I feel like the keys of the game will be Louisville's offense. Lamar Jackson right now is still in contention for his Heisman, which is crazy. I don't know if he's going to repeat or not, but I mean, he beat a really good North Carolina team. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Louisville against Clemson's defense, that's going to be a great matchup. I I don't think Louisville's offense is as good as it was last year. And I think that Clemson's going to come out and they're going to contain Lamar. Right. I I think they have the athletes too. When you have 11 sacks. Yeah, they have 11 sacks. I, I, I don't see Clemson or Louisville's offensive line, especially their tackles, holding that Clemson defensive ends. I, I think that Lamar is going to be chased around the whole game in the backfield, and they're just they're going to contain him. I mean, he's going to have his yards, he's going to have his you know big plays, but I, I I think at the end of the day, Clemson has has the defense. Have has a good enough defense to contain them because right. their defense is crazy. I feel like this is going to be a very uh, a low scoring game mm-hmm. because like at one side you're going to have Clemson's defense you know stopping Louisville, but at the same time, I don't feel like even though they're not the best defense in the world, I feel like Louisville is going to stop Clemson's offense because it's still not that developed. Yet. Right? Because like uh, like I feel like the big key here is like. Defense. Clemson needs to, yeah, it's going to be like a defensive battle basically because Clemson, they need to improve on offense if they want to win this game because they could do whatever they want on defense. They could stop Lamar Jackson all they want. But if they can't compensate with points, right. then that that's going to be bad for them. It's going to just be like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, what's your score? My score? Well, before I get to my score, uh, here's some stats of Lamar Jackson against, again, a very good North Carolina team. 393 yards passing, 132 rushing. You add that with Malik Williams, the running back, without adding another 143 yards rushing. Uh, I feel like this is going to be, a, again, a great game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, a huge battle between offense and defense. But I, if you're a betting man, you would go for Clemson. I got Clemson winning this game 17-10. to 10. Okay, 17-10. to 10. I I think that Louisville's going to score more points than 10 points. Uh, I think that Clemson's going to come out, and they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit, I think, on Louisville's defense. I also think that Clemson is going to force a defensive touchdown and win the game the, the win the game 29-15. to 15. That's oh. that's my score. Oh, you have Clemson scoring 29? Yep, and I have it uh, off of one uh, defensive touchdown. Okay, I can believe that. All right, let's go into the the Oklahoma State at Pittsburgh. Yes. All right. I feel like this is going to be – I don't want to say that it's going to be exactly like how it was last year because obviously last year we were just came off the horrible, horrible Central Michigan game. Right. Um, But I feel like OSU right now has something to prove because like they've been steady and steady. Now they have real competition. Big, yeah, it's big co- ACC competition. Th- this is definitely a statement game for OU's right. cl- OSU's claims to be the best in the Big Twelve right. in a Final Fourteen. Right, and they got to win in convincing fashion. I feel like the offense needs to click because it's going to be away. It's going to be in Heinz Field. They need a click. Um, I'm kind of worried right now at their depth in linebacker. Yes, because but, like, yeah. you, like you, all the injuries and everything like that. So like, oh, you, and, and this, they just had a guy kicked off the team. Yeah. It's, it's not that bad and then I think I don't know who was the one who got ejected in the game I keep forgetting but oh like, that's right yeah yeah he's gonna be out for the first half so that's gonna be uh, worrisome in terms of the defense side of the ball because again OSU is not the type of defense to like just stop everything like that they force turnovers right. they don't they're not really that good and at third down situations they're not a really a third down defense uh, OSU is favored by 13 and a half points well, what yeah. do you what do you think of that? Well, I mean, I, I Pitt was never really favored to go against uh to win against Penn State, and you look here at the numbers that that Pitt's defense because I feel like that was a closer game than most people think it was. Oh yeah, it definitely was. Pitt held Barkley. I mean, yeah, Shaquan Barkley. Barkley is right now a Heisman contender. Oh, he's, he's the best running back in the country. Yeah, exactly. They held them to eighty eight yards. Yeah. So, so do not expect a big game from Justice Hill. I'm going to yeah. tell you that right now. Don't expect it. I mean. 
it's good that they have JD Keen now, but you shouldn't really expect a huge game. They have like that defense is good. The defense is re- really, really they, good. I feel like it's going to be their first challenge. Honestly, it also it also has to do with their uh, you know their defense. OSU's defense. You know, I mean, I know Pitt's not really the most offensive team. Yeah, it's not the best offensive team. It's not the most renowned offensive team. But Especially since they had their quarterback and running back both graduate. Right. So, so I feel like, uh, yeah, they m- will score points because it's OSU. They, you know, they'll they'll probably force tone turnovers, but at the same time, just OSU just needs to play clean football, mistake free football. And Mason, take care of business. Take care of business, and there you go. You uh, get a win. It what's may, your What's your score? My score. I I have OSU. I have them winning a lot. I I get them winning forty five twenty one. That's pretty close to mine. I have them winning 48-28. to 28. All right. Not bad. Now, third game, before we get to the, the one you wanted to talk about, I really just I, – I don't know about this Texas-USC game. I feel like there's more to it. Um, yes, USC allowed one sack against Stanford, and we all know that Texas's defense is not the best at all. <laughs> but uh, – you know, I feel like this game will be a lot closer. I feel like Texas offensively is still a good team, even w- with uh, uh, Shane Buchel out. You still got Sam Ellinger, who's like he—he's a—he's a good QB. I see, like me being from Dallas and everything like that. I knew about him. I seen him before. Right. He played for Westlake High School. He was no joke. So, like, I feel like if Texas can get to Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's gonna do mistakes. He's gonna mess up. And when Sam Darnold messes up, then that's uh, how you could, uh, you know, open up f- for some big plays. But that's if they get to Sam Darnold, and that's gonna be pretty hard considering SC's offensive line and you got yeah, the running game. And so, and Texas defense is usually really good, but you but, know, Maryland came out and torched them. So I don't. Oh my god! I I, I don't see this being a game at all. I see them. I, I see them. I see. I, I know you're hopeful because you're a Texas guy, but I see them winning. Uh, I see them. I see it being a competitive game for the first quarter. Uh, the end game right here. Score. I got forty twenty USC. Uh, I would probably have to go forty five to ten. Oh, I think God. it's going to be yeah. I think it's going to be bad. <laughs> oh my God. All right, we're going to go uh, transition to Tennessee, Florida, real quick. And uh, Florida is a 4.5 favorite in this game. And, well, uh, if you ask me, Florida has no offense. I'm not sure if Florida is going to score four points. Really? (laughs) I, uh, you know, Tennessee survived a scare by Georgia Tech in uh, week one, but they still put up 42 points, even though it was, you know, what, two touchdowns was in overtime. Mm -hmm. Florida has no offense. Like, other than Florida first-team turnovers against Michigan, they didn't score offense a touchdown and that's that's not good and and barring those turnovers florida's defense didn't even play that great they had 433 total yards against them and it, it was a balance like michigan came out through the ball and passed the ball for almost the same yards so i i don't i know i came in uh week we, one. Bo- we both we, came we, in praising florida yeah praising florida and i i don't have anything to praise against i think that i think they're going to lose against tennessee at home Oh. Uh, I have it eighteen to thirteen, and expect field goals. Uh, I will definitely be expecting field goals because I feel like these two teams have potential on offense, but they really haven't been able to capitalize on it. Um, I feel like Florida, because uh, sometimes I look at the intangibles here. Florida with like the the whole horrible stuff that's happening in Hurricane Irma and everything like that. I feel like right. Florida will be more have that more edge you know they'll have like that type of okay we need to win this game you know for the state for the school and everything like that for the tragedy and everything like that um both teams i feel like are really really evenly matched very evenly you know matched. they have they have okay defenses their offense isn't all that great uh but I, th- uh, unproven guys yeah both of them have unproven guys right. on the offensive side right but i feel like i feel like Florida still has the edge because they've at least played a top ten team in yeah. Michigan. So uh, I, I I get that, yeah. Yeah. So like yeah, they uh Tennessee had a close game against Georgia Tech, but I think Georgia Tech at that game was what in twenty twentieth or something? Yeah, and 
you know, Tennessee had to come back to win the game, and right. Tennessee gave up a million rushing right. yards. Or they, I don't think, I don't think, actually, I don't think Georgia Tech was ranked at that time, but still, no, they, were, they were they were a pretty good team. Yeah, and, Georgia uh, Tech's always a good team to come out and, you know, they're always a team that you have to watch out for. Right, so I feel like, at the end of the day, I feel like Florida, at this point, still has, they still got the uh, experience. Right. They still got that uh, big game. They've played a top 10 team already. And I feel like the intangibles kicked in, so I feel I think I have Florida winning this game. Uh, do you have a score? It's going to be very low scoring. I yeah. got it like ten to seven. Ten to Florida. seven. Uh, offense or defensive touchdown? What do you think? Uh, I think they're only going to score defensively. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go into a little bit of NFL recap. Yeah, and let's start off with the Cowboys dominating the Giants. <laughs> that is right. Yeah, the the nineteen to three score didn't show the whole game because it was dominated the whole time by the Cowboys well I feel that uh, I, I'm not gonna like be like oh my god you know this is a great game and that blow and everything like that I was pleasantly surprised of, of the defense you know I mean yeah Jalen Smith didn't blow me away like how people said he was gonna be and everything like that the people said that he was gonna be like the next Luke Keekley and everything like that but you know he didn't blow me away but he did pretty good you know as long as he didn't get hurt uh, <laughs> Sean Lee obviously got a stud yeah, John, um, yeah. If he can stay healthy, Sean Lee's yeah. one of the best linebackers. Um, the defensive NFL. line got to Eli Manning pretty good, and I, I feel like that. Uh, I feel like that was more of the Giants' putrid offensive line. Yeah, the Giants' offensive line is horrible. Uh, instead of the Cowboys' defensive line, but still, I mean, they got great pressure mm-hmm. on Eli Manning. You know, there was a few cases where, like, if they would have just gotten a little bit on Eli Manning, it would have been a sack, fumble, recovery, and everything like that. Uh, the secondary, I mean, like, we completely revamped it. Yeah. You saw me go on a rant about how, like, oh, my God, you know, these, they, they just got rid of their entire secondary. But the, I f- they got younger. That's the thing. Yeah. They didn't get worse. They got younger. And I feel like even, like, they don't even have all their drag picks. Jordan Lewis, the guy who made that fantastic uh, interception last year for Michigan, he's uh, not even playing yet. So I feel yeah, like. And, well, Orlando Skandrick did get hurt. Yeah. He broke I, his hand, I think. I but. think so. But, like, he'll be he'll be back. He'll be yeah. out for, I'd say, I think two to three weeks. Yeah. I don't know. So it's not that serious. But even then, like, I feel like they have more energy. The, like, yeah. the secondary has more energy because you have, like, Brandon Carr and everything like that. Morris Claiborne. Uh, Brandon Carr, I don't want to say that he's, like, washed up, but he's pretty old. Yeah. And then Morris Claiborne, I mean, you obviously knew he had a bunch of injuries. Now you add in, like, more athletic dudes. And, like, man, that was a pretty good... Mm-hmm. And, like, people are going to be like, oh, Dak had a bad game. You know, that wasn't a bad game. First of all... It, 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 first of all... Yeah. First he, of all... They went out and they played their game. First of all, Dak always struggles against the Giants. We saw that last year. Second of all... That was probably the best secondary Dak's going to play in the entire division. You know, the Giants secondary to me is still the best oh, yeah. the, uh, secondary in the entire division. The Eagles, although their defense is good, which I saw um, Sunday, they're still not the Giants. Uh, the Redskins definitely are not like the Giants secondary. And the Cowboys, although impressive, uh, they don't have like the type of uh, you know star power in the secondary. Yeah. Like, like Sterling Shepard, Des Bryant. I mean, Dez right now seems like a, a top 15 at best wide receiver right now. Why? I don't know. He's probably, he's kind of regressed a little bit. That's due to injury probably. I don't know. Yeah, and but he's like, getting older. Sterling Shepard, I mean, he's one of the top defensive backs in the league. Sterling Shepard's a receiver. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. I keep mixing him up. I keep mixing him up. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Sterling uh, Shepard's already... The Giants corner. I can't, yeah. I can't think of his name either. Anyways, yeah... That that was the matchup to see, and I I think Dez came out and you know played a great game, mm-hmm. which yeah it surprised me because Dez kind of is on the low, but it's still Dez Bryant. Mm-hmm. He's still going to come out and get his get his touches, right. get his have a couple good games. Mm-hmm. And the Giants just look offensively, the Giants just look horrible without Odell. They right. they were confused. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. It was it was bad. Right. It was Janoris Jenkins. My yeah. Bad. I always get them mixed up because I mean that. They always looked. They looked the same, yeah. honestly, to me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Janoris Jenkins and Des Bryant, obviously a huge battle and everything like that. But yeah, that was crazy. And then I feel like with Zeke, he kind of seemed chunky, <laughs> as in like I don't know. Yeah, he, like, I he don't didn't have he's... that pop that he did last time. He still played good, you know, 104 yards rushing. I'm pretty sure, uh, or over 104. Uh, but like he didn't have that pop that I saw, or just like oh my god, no, this is Ezekiel Elliott. Type right. of thing, and, and like he he was like that against the Giants all last year because the Giants had the Cowboys number. But still, I, you know, 
it was a pleasant surprise yeah. game. I, I I was definitely wrong about the Cowboys, especially if Zeke plays all season. Right. So, I, oh. I, I'll I'll take that one up. I, I say I was wrong about the Cowboys. I thought they, at least after week one, they look they look really good. They look pretty good. Knock on wood. Yeah. This is going to be a long, stressful year. All right, let's talk about that Los Angeles Rams. Now they played the Colts, but forty-three points. They had it was crazy. Jared Goff surprised the heck out of me. Twenty-one for twenty-nine, three hundred six yards and a touchdown. Uh, crazy. <laughs> and the the Los Angeles Rams had nine sacks. We we talked about Clemson earlier in eleven. This is this is the NFL. This is uh, the Los Angeles Rams have. Nine sacks. That's crazy. That is crazy. Honestly, like I feel like I felt like Jared Goff was gonna be a bust, and then I remembered he didn't have anybody last year. You know, he he had no type of foundation mm-hmm. last year, and now they improved in the left tackle. They improved the right tackle. You know, they uh, Todd Gurley. I mean, Todd Gurley's a stud. Yeah, and then uh, they they got way better wide receivers. Yeah, now, Cooper Cup. Yeah, oh, surprised me. I, I'm gonna pick him up in my fantasy team. I'll I tell you that. Uh, like whoever whoever decided to pick the Rams. I mean, you did pretty good in fantasy. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess you could say it's kind of more. Uh, you c- could say it's bad Colts because I mean, yeah, let's face mean, it, the they, Colts right now are a mess. Yeah, they're horrendous. Without, like Andrew Luck right now is probably the most valuable player in like I want to say in the entire league, but like AFC teams alone. Andrew Luck. Without Andrew Luck, the Colts are awful. Yeah. Okay. They looked awful. Do you think Andrew Luck? Comes back if he if he even comes back nobody really knows nobody they haven't said anything Mm-mm. if Andrew Luck comes back how much of a change do you think that the team's gonna be well I don't know if they're gonna be a playoff team but there's they're gonna be competing more than four than dropping like forty points uh, forty plus points because I mean he, he's a game manager he's gonna you know yeah he's like, gonna keep the ball more. You know, the Los Angeles Rams wouldn't have had nearly as many. Uh, yeah, and like plays. I guess, yeah, the Rams. I'll give them due credit; they did pretty good and everything like that. But my God, this isn't this is the NFL. Yeah, and like what I saw from the Colts was like a Canadian football team. It was yeah. awful. They had no type of life. Why? Because their leader was down. Uh, and like Andrew Luck, still you know that all shucks type of guy and everything like that. But still, he plays. Everyone gets elevated. He doesn't right. have to make a whole speech or a spiel about this, this, and that. You know, I don't feel like Andrew Luck's that type of person. But still, I mean, like right now, the Colts are like they went from oh, one of the most. Uh, they went from so having such a high future as a franchise by going to what was it three straight AFC yeah. Championship games, and now they they're a mess. Yeah, they are a mess. Okay, let's talk about the Browns. Oh my and god! I I was really surprised how competitive that you know they against the Steelers. What was the score? Twenty eighteen. Uh, twenty one eighteen. Oh. Uh, and you know, despite Kaiser having seven sacks, he played really well. Twenty for thirty, two hundred twenty two yards and a touchdown. And you know, he threw a pick. It's his first game. Yeah. But being sacked seven times and having a you know a really good game. Yeah. Against the Steelers. Against the Steelers. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's old, but he's still pretty good. You know, Father Time hasn't caught up to him completely. And remember, Miles Garrett hasn't even played. Yeah, they haven't played. Yeah, Miles Garrett. So like, and without Miles Garrett, they shut down Le'Veon Bell. With he only had thirty-two yards. They had crazy. I, I, I'm not going to say that the Browns are good right now because I mean, like, right. I'm not going to hop on the bandwagon. No, no, no. We're just saying like how competitive, how surprised I feel like, we are because there are no moral victories in football. Everyone knows that because it's football. But like. That was a moral victory that was for the a moral Browns. Victory, honestly, for the Browns. If they, I was a Browns fan, I'd be like, "Oh, yeah." If if I was if I was in Cleveland, I would be content. Yeah. I would be, you know, more than content. I would be very happy with that with that performance. Yeah, especially how mediocre, and, mediocre they've been. Yeah, if they had somebody that you know, if Antonio Brown doesn't go off, the Browns win that game. Yeah, like that. That's we'd be talking about an upset for the ages if that didn't happen. Yeah, uh, Johnny. Who's your top performer of uh, week one in the NFL? Me? Uh, uh, well, I wanted to say before Monday that the whole Jaguars defense, because, you know, they have, like, what, now eight pro bowlers, eight pro bowl type of players mm-hmm. in Jaguars defense. I was not expecting that from the Jaguars at all because they're the Jaguars. Right. Uh, but, my God, Sam Bradford. He yeah. seemed like the number one quarterback of week one. Uh, let me run it down for you right here. 27 for 32. 346 yards passing. 
Like those those two three numbers, touchdowns. three touchdowns. I mean, those are those numbers speak for themselves. And the the biggest stat from that I I got from that was one sack. Yeah, and I, Bradford has always been that fragile, a very yeah, fragile. Yeah, okay. Sam Bradford has always been fragile. Yes, but Sam Bradford has always been a very accurate quarterback, and it, he has like when you when you watch the game, you know, you listen to John Gruden. John Gruden praises Sam Bradford. Especially for you know his his accuracy, and you know if you have guys that can you know block for him, which they did. I mean, they they played New Orleans, who defense isn't the best, who really have no pass rush, but still like one sack, and if if you protect Sam Bradford, he's gonna put up you know he's gonna put up yards, gonna put up touchdowns. Right. Uh, I, I don't know this whole thing about Sam Bradford. I feel like he's a tease. He is a tease. He's a tease because his first year in uh, St. Louis, they went seven and nine, and they barely missed the playoffs. That was the seven yeah. and nine Seattle Seahawks yeah. team that beat the Saints. And so they, he was he was rookie of the year, right? Year. Uh, and then they, you know he went down to get injuries and the Eagles and everything like that. And the Vikings last year, he, he didn't have that much help. Uh, but like, I don't know. I honestly don't know what to think of Sam Bradford right now because like you know he was he was like this last year where we're just like you know a tease of greatness, you know a tease of him at OU type of thing. Uh, tease of him is as, as the Heisman Trophy winner, but like, I don't know. I'll, I'll see how the season plays out, but you know, Sam Bradford, yeah, he pleasantly surprised me. Oh yeah, and so we're gonna uh, do our top three pick, our top three matchups, and our predictions. Uh, Vikings at the Steelers is our first one. Well, this is gonna be an interesting matchup because you got uh, two great defenses, two great defenses. And two great, uh, I'd say two pretty solid quarterbacks. Yeah. So, uh, but I feel like, I feel like the Steelers have an edge because they're at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they always have an edge. Right. And I, st- I still feel like the Steelers still have, you know, that more, because like you look, compare them and everything like that. Antonio Brown versus um, whoever is like the number one receiver for Minnesota. Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. And then you got um, Le'Veon Bell against Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's an amazing running back. Don't get me wrong. That's yeah. another thing that uh, Sam Bradford didn't really have that much last year was a, a solid running game. Uh, Dalvin Cook's great, but he's no Le'Veon Bell. Right. I feel like the Steelers are going to win this game in a very, very close matchup. Uh, score, Vikings-Steelers, I would say 24-21. 24-21. Okay, I, uh, I had the Vikings coming off you know, a great win. They have a bunch of momentum, and the Steelers barely beat the Browns. So uh, I have I, I don't think Sam Bradford's going to have quite as good of a game, but you know, I think he's still going to come out and play good, and they have a lot more balanced offense. I I'm going to say that it's going to be twenty-eight uh, seventeen uh, Vikings. Okay, let's just hope. Knock on wood, Vikings will go four and zero and then blow it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's transition into the uh, Eagles at the Chiefs. This is going to be a huge. A oh, great this is going to be a great game because the Eagles' defense has been much improved, and Carson Wentz. I mean, like. You look at let's just let's just uh take a moment and look at this. Carson Wentz and Dak both came into the league and everything like that. Dak had great offensive line, had Zeke, had wide receivers. Carson Wentz didn't have as good of a running back as Zeke. Did not have as nearly as good of a running back. I mean, not running back, offensive line. Yeah, especially after Lane the Johnson got suspended. Right. So Wentz has done more with less, and he's only improved. Yeah, so he, I, he looks really good. He, he looked really good against the Redskins and everything like that. That defense was good, and like you got the Chiefs, the Chiefs beat the Patriots. Yeah, the at, Ch- like this is gonna be a great game, and, and it's in Kansas City. Yeah, and it, like this is gonna be a good game. Like Alex Smith, like I, I didn't expect that from Alex Smith no. at all. Yeah, I I kind of expect like me and Trenton made this bet. I felt that Patrick Mahomes was gonna play in that game against the Patriots. Yeah. I felt like Patrick Mahomes was gonna play in that game, but he didn't because Alex Smith was just. Stellar, yeah. Honestly, he made like a lot of his throws were over you know 15 yards, and everyone was like, Oh, Alex Smith can't you know throw the deep ball and anything like that. But you know, I saw I saw the Alex Smith from the 49ers back in I think it was 2012 when they mm-hmm. made it all the way to the NC Championship game. I saw that ty- that Alex Smith, so honestly, it's gonna be a great game, anything like that. But like, I just feel like the Chiefs, uh, their defense. I mean, if you stop the Patriots mm-hmm. like how they did, a little worried about Eric Berry not playing. Yeah, I mean that's that's tragic for Eric Berry. Yeah, that's absolutely he, he is, tragic. He's went through so much. Yeah, I know, and the, for his season to be over, 
that's it's pretty sad yeah, but it, even then i feel like the chiefs will win this game uh this score is gonna be like i don't know i, I honestly i feel like it's gonna be 35 33 chiefs oh man high scoring game I see two really good defenses. I mean, as much as the Chiefs and the Eagles have good offenses, because these are two, I, I think, two playoff teams. Definitely. So, which is, you know, crazy, because, you know, the NFC East. Uh, I'm going to go the Chiefs winning 24-20. to 20. Okay. I can see that. And now going to the Packers at the Falcons. Well... <clears throat> Uh, if people don't know, I had the foul. I have, like right now my Super Bowl could, prediction stays as a rematch between the Pats and the Falcons. Mm-hmm. That's my Super Bowl prediction. I feel like there's going to be a rematch. Uh, I feel like the Falcons looked okay against yeah, the Bears. No, I, they did. They looked less than okay. I think. Uh, you know, like I feel like they. You know, that's how the Falcons always play. You know, they just gotta start slow. That's what yeah. happened last year. They start slow and then they build and build and build and build and build. So I feel like they were. You know. They did okay. You know, they got the win against the Bears. And I guess the Bears kind of improved. The, the Bears impressed a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I feel like, you know, they're at home, new stadium. The, uh, they're going to come out fired up after, after not playing that great last week. Right. They're going to come out fired and up. And, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers had a great game against the Seahawks and everything like that. It was uh, it was at Lambeau, though. Um, I just feel that the Falcons are going to come out of this game. The Falcons? The Falcons. I got the Falcons winning this game. Uh, I ha- I see a mid, mid-range mid scoring game. I got it 28-24 Falcons. 28-24 Falcons. Uh, I'm actually going to agree with you. I think the Falcons are going to come up fired up. I think that after you know having a very poor performance against the Bears, even though it was in Chicago, uh, I think the Falcons are going to come out. They're going to throw the ball around a little bit. They're going to get some rushing yards. And I, I think they're going to win uh, 24 to 22. Okay. That, that's e- even though I think I think the Packers, I, it, it's Aaron Rodgers. I, I hate, I always hate, you know, not choosing Aaron Rodgers because he's Aaron Rodgers and he's on my fantasy team this year. <laughs> but I, I, I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have two touchdown passes or three touchdown passes and it's not going to be enough. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. I got the Falcons winning this game. It's going to be a great uh, week two. Yeah, week two games are great. It's going to be a great yeah, week it, it was really hard picking three. All right. All right, that's going to wrap it up here. Follow us on Twitter. Make sure to like, keep an eye again on the Twitter page. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on, follow me and Alan on Twitter. Um, please. Follow, follow the Ocali. Follow the Ocali. Look at us up on iTunes and SoundCloud. Alan, any shout-outs, last words, anything like that? Uh, I think you got them all. All right, then. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to tune in and root the Cowboys to victory against Pitt. Thank you so much. We'll see you later. See you.